who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. What do you get when you take two childhood friends with a passion for unexplored history and a whole lot of booze? You get us, Queen's Podcast. And here at Queen's, we are spilling the tea on all kinds of women from history. From New Orleans voodoo queen, Marie Laveau, to Marie Antoinette, and everything in between. Each queen is paired with a cocktail recipe that will totally get you in the mood to hear the fun, dramatic, and juicy stories of fascinating women from history. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Cheers! This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. Welcome, everybody. It's Podcast Unlocked, episode 518 for November 2nd, 2021. Ryan McCaffrey here on IGN's weekly Xbox show, alongside the regular crew, Miranda Sanchez, Stella Chung, and Destin Legary. Hello to Bam. all of you. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Where, how, how muted were you there, Destin? What, what happened? Where's I don't want to talk over people, so I try and be respectful. <laughs> After last episode, I'm more sensitive to it. So. Uh, it's Bam! All good. There we it's go. All good. We've got a lot to talk about, as is customary this time of year. And uh, it's let's start, Miranda, let's start with the biggest thing of all. In fact, maybe maybe Destin and Stella will want to ask us questions as like vessels of the audience. But uh, if you have not seen IGN yet yesterday or today, uh, this week, depending on when you're listening, our IGN first, basically our cover story. Think of it as a gaming magazine cover story, but done in website form is Halo Infinite. Miranda, you and I went to 343 which was mostly empty, which was kind of weird because we've we've each done a million studio yes. visits in our careers. And it's just uh, it was kind of kind of weird, just like there were some people, mostly just the people that were we were there to talk to. Most everybody's still working from home. But um, what what did you think? Did you, I, I trust you had a good time getting to go and play Halo for a while? Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard because we have to be a little quiet about some of the things we're going to show later this month. Of course, we want to make this a big event. Uh, but overall, I I can say that I do indeed miss playing Halo Infinite at this point. Like, I'm just, I'm looking at some of the stuff that we have for it. I'm just like, oh, man, I want to go back, which is good. It's so, so glad to have that feeling. Um, and I think, of course, I've had that feeling since we started playing the multiplayer. And that was something I sort of always believed in. Uh, but we got to play Streets, which we revealed on yes, Monday. So that it's a really cool map. And it was obviously uh, just such a great privilege for us to get to go sit down and talk to developers and be in the same room. I was just like, I'm in an office? It was such sweat. It's so weird. Um, <clears throat> so that was my first work trip since, you know, things happened. And it was really great to get to talk to everyone and just hear their thoughts on development and also uh, some of the Easter eggs that came out of some of their development things as well. So I think there's just some behind the scenes things that you just you, you can't get anywhere else. And I think being in the same room just does so much for that. So uh, it was such a, a great trip. And I'm so excited to show you guys what we got for you. Yeah, I got to sit down with Joseph Staten, who, of course, is now heading up the project. That is that will be the. Uh, the long-awaited, at least by the four people that watch IGN Unfiltered, the long-awaited return of <laughs> IGN Unfiltered after several months uh, on a on an accidental hiatus. But uh, yeah, Miranda, I 
I what I really liked that we couldn't have really planned for, it just sort of worked out this way, it was this team 343, they have not really had a chance to talk to anybody about this game yet because you know it's we've there's been no travel, there's been nobody in, in offices and They've been p- keeping pretty quiet about, you know, other than multiplayer stuff through their developer blogs. But this was, uh, we kind of got like the the full energy of the team as opposed to, you know, the part of our job is sometimes developers are out. They're on the, you know, kind of the media circuit, the talk show circuit, if you will. And they've given the same answer to a question like 17 times. But we were the first people that they've they've had a chance to talk to. So I, I like I don't know about you, but I could just sense their enthusiasm here as they're reaching the end of the finish line, uh, reaching the finish line at the end of this project. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like we probably could have been there for many more days and gotten so much more to yes. just talking about their projects and, of course, what they're excited for as well. But, you know, gotta keep, you got to keep it limited, right? <laughs> yeah. So to answer the big question, Miranda and I did play campaign a total of about four hours or so eat uh, for each of us and it was the first four hours of the game uh we didn't there was no like skipping around at all but um we will be covering that later in the month so please i will take no further questions at this time about campaign but uh now stella again you of course are reviewing the multiplayer the free-to-play multiplayer portion of halo infinite did you have a chance to take a look at our little walking tour of this new map streets and what was your impression of it? I did not. So for our audio listeners, I am looking at the map right now and it looks gorgeous. I love it. Um, it's very, it's like Titanfall and cyberpunk. I had a baby is what I'm, <laughs> I'm getting from it. I love the palm trees. I love the like modern slash futuristic, like, um, <clears throat> looks and layers to this i'm very excited to see how this is going to work because i think this is the most like tiered map that we've seen so far it's very it feels very close quarters so for me who loves using the shotgun i think this is going to be a huge shotgun map and smg maps i'm very excited to see what this is going to play like um it looks really fun like if you turn a corner you're gonna have to be a little bit more careful though is what it looks like because it is very close quarters it is very like you don't know what you're gonna get until you cross the corners which is actually great because i just realized um there's that uh radar ability isn't there that you can like shoot out yeah so that's gonna be great on this map actually because i was just considering i was like well what what am i gonna use that i'm probably gonna use it on streets (laughs) yeah well it's the spawn on this one miranda was um there is a drop wall and i think it didn't it rotate with uh thrusters I believe. Yeah. I don't I, I didn't see so. the the oh. motion tracker, the, the, yeah. the threat sensor. Threat sensor oh, is not on this map, I believe. That'll be really good on this map though. Yeah. And you can throw it in custom games for sure. I, I will say too that when this is you're kind of doing like the little tour of this area. Yeah. It's a lot tighter than you think it would be. Like this map moves fast. And like I think threat sensor could be good if you're taking things slower, but there's just so much action action constantly that I think you're just running people pretty quick so you're not ever like really looking too hard um okay. at least yeah. that's what i thought because you can you can hear things pretty quickly i feel like oh, obviously most people are probably running over there and uh oh to answer your question earlier stella yeah about about shotguns there is a shotgun rack in this map it's on a vending yes. machine actually it's, a, oh. it's attached to a vending <laughs> okay. machine and what's cool is that it'll randomize those the, the sort of shotgun class yes, so cool uh, it, there's a, I'm, I'm holding a heat wave right here uh, so it'll cycle between heat wave and the bulldog. Oh um, I the will say if you see, gross. so there's a mix of walking footage here along with a little bit of gameplay. If you see a good kill, that was me. And if you see the person <laughs> get killed, it wasn't me. That's, that's my uh, defense. Uh-huh. To it. <laughs> but yeah, see this little uh, arcade <laughs> machine, which you can't hear right now. <gasps> it plays nice. a MIDI, a MIDI like arcade, old school arcade version of the halo theme which is really great. Awesome. So there's a lot of neat little Easter eggs in here, it, but uh, go ahead, Destin. Visually, uh, it reminded me a little bit of Plaza. That was a, I believe it was a Halo 5 map. Yes. I don't know if that was where it originally spawned, but um, did, did you get any of those vibes or is it, or is it really mostly close quarters? Are there any open areas that are going to allow for sniping through those like, uh, uh, like window areas? Cause Plaza was, was 
Well, I liked Plaza. Right here. If you're, oh, yeah, right there. <laughs> it looks like you got some good sniper lines, <laughs> Just that lines, middle right? area of the map, there is a power mm -hmm. weapon spawn. It's a rocket launcher spawn that you oh, know God. both teams just go right for. It's in the center of the map. So, yeah, that's really the longest sight line of the map. It's mostly pretty short sight lines, as Miranda was saying earlier about a lot of mm -hmm. tight corners. Yeah, you've really got to watch the corners. Like, it's this, there's so many different sight lines. Like, so you kind of have to keep moving. Yeah. Um, I think, too, one of the things that I liked about the rocket launcher spawn at first, I was like, I'm never going to go for that. I don't care. Like, I, I can just, like, <laughs> maneuver around, do other things. It's fine. But it comes down to a problem of no one's going for it, and the enemy team does. And it's like, well, your team doesn't have control of the rocket launcher now. So you kind of just have to keep this little, like, mental timer going of, like, when that's going to spawn and start getting ready to contest it. Uh, so it's actually really fun kind of playing in that way, too. Um, I want to tell a quick hilarious story about this map. So... The video that we recorded here, I mean, this is like it's got little gameplay clips in it from later, but the actual walking tour was my, our first time seeing the map. Like we didn't yeah. rehearse it. Like we literally just wanted to catch my actual first impressions. And it's me talking to Kaylee George, the lead multiplayer level designer. Uh, and there's Miranda's favorite part. The hollow dog. <laughs> hollow dog, the advertisement for hollow dog. Um, who's adorable. And they're now need... If three, I know three, four, three is listening to this, so we're gonna need some hollow dog plushies. I know, you know, <gasps> plushie yes. won't be an actual hologram, but you can't so, snuggle a hologram, so we're gonna exactly. need some hollow dog plushies. It ASAP. can be a, a blue dog plushie. That'll be very nice. There's also these great pigeons around this map. They're like <laughs> stickers. They're it's just like this pigeon character. I have no idea why, but I love this bird. Um, and like you'll find like yeah stickers on vending machines and around and also like on the terminals like some of them are are broken and you can see this pigeon just like go into work to fix it <laughs> it's so cute I was like I want I want this so, sticker sheet thank you yeah so the quick story about this map again so it was our we sat down the, the video that you hear on IGN or on youtube.com slash IGN it is my first time seeing it and then we went and played actual matches on it and so it, early in the video, I asked Kaylee, I'm like, so this would be kind of a cool map for CTF, right? And he gives this, <laughs> this so like polite d diplomatic answer that's like, well, actually, you know, it's uh, asymmetric. So, you know, you could totally do that in custom games if you want. <laughs> and then, so you know, his very like diplomatic, polite way of saying it's not really a CTF map. And then we go into the playtest lab to go play this map. And we jumped into, they had just like a, a test development hopper that would just keep, it would keep us on the map, but it would rotate game types. <laughs> and Miranda, what was the first match that came up? Capture the flag. Yeah. So, and then the kicker was, um, I think they did. I think they didn't want us to record that just because they don't want to co accidentally convey that like it's a CTF map because it's not. Mm. But um, I mean, it's not you know by design, we, and it won't be that yeah. way in matchmaking. But um, in in the actual playlist, but we so we we sit down and we play it, and whatever team I was on because it was just mixing and matching us, and we have no idea who each other is because the gamer tags are all just like random strings of numbers and letters. My team, we wiped the floor with the other team, three nothing. And and then I just, I said, like, we, as soon as the match ended, I was like, seems like a pretty good CTF match to me. And everybody <laughs> oh, had a great, no. it was so fun. It was so much. It's just so, like, you can't, we can't do that when we're all remote. So it's just so nice to be in the same room with everyone. I, yeah, since we didn't know who we were, I was just like yelling, go kill the other flag bearer. Cause like I had it at one point. I was like hiding in the back. I think Ryan, you came. I was I found me. you. Yeah. I, you found oh, me. No. I was hiding so long and I was like, please, just anyone on my team, go kill them so I can score this. And then they did, and then I died, and then they got to score instead. I was like, <laughs> but I couldn't blame anybody because you know, I found my team. Yeah, it's that's a helpless feeling when yeah. you've got the enemy flag. And you're just like waiting for your teammates to return your flag so that you can just step on the spot and score. So I, I felt a little bad for you, Miranda, but I still I had to do my <laughs> didn't due feel diligence. That and, bad and that he was gonna yeah. let you live. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for context too, like we were in a very large open room and we weren't like four and four or something or five and five on each side of the mat. Like we didn't have stations that were close to each other. Everyone was pretty split up. Yeah. So 
I was literally just yelling across the room, hoping that whoever's <laughs> on my team would figure it out. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I I love this map, and the thing I want to say is, and, and I definitely want to get your take here, Miranda, because I I wrote up the piece that accompanied this, so I want to get your perspective too. Is that uh, my I know I've said this before after the test flight, but it's just continues to thankfully remain true for me. And that is uh, I am really loving these all the maps that we've seen so far. They all have variety. They all have personality and character. And that's something that, as I said on a previous episode of the show, I feel like Halo 5, as, as incredible as the multiplayer mechanics were in that game, I thought the maps were lacking by Halo's you know, top shelf standards, you know, compared to Halo 2, Halo 3. But I feel like the maps in Infinite thus far are, they're all really unique. They're all really memorable. Miranda, are you, are you sharing that so far? How are you feeling about this and the, and the maps as a whole? Yes. <laughs> I mean, we have Hollow Dog. So I yes. think one of the things I've really enjoyed too is that it, it feels like they allowed their artists a little bit more freedom to just go and give these maps personality. And we did get to do some some good interviews too with you know artists and designers in the same room or like like actual level designers versus like the artists who are like, oh, we have this vision for this map and these things could be here. Like, well, practically the play style of this thing, we don't want to do this. And so hearing their back and forth is really cool because you hear the, I want to give this an identity versus this needs to also be playable. And I think they really struck such a great balance between those. And I enjoyed how many little bits of things there are there. Like they kind of just kept hinting at different Easter eggs and other maps as well. And, you know, having that bot practice mode means that we can just go in and like walk through here and just have a good time existing in these maps. And I think that's something I really enjoy because I love finding those little details. I'm the person who looks at every corner of the room and tries to read the fake books on the, on the tables. Yeah. So I think this, to your point, Ryan, is, is just designed in a nice way that offers a lot of depth and character uh, and story to what they're trying to do with multiplayer. Uh, Destin, to come back to something you said earlier about it, it reminding you, what did you say it reminded you of again? Of, of uh, the Halo Plaza? 5 Plaza. Plaza? I think it was Plaza. You yeah. know, for me, this, uh, this kind of struck some ODST vibes, this map. Uh, all yeah. it needs is rain. It is at night. It just <laughs> needs some rain and maybe a little jazz in the background. But I kind of, yeah, I liked the kind of ODST New Mombasa because it is set in New Mombasa. Uh, I really liked that vibe. It's it's just, it's it's aesthetically different than any of the other maps we've seen so far. Um, and on that note, while we're talking about this, again, this is in the article that I wrote on Monday for IGN, so I'm not, I'm not telling you anything that you haven't already heard if you have been paying attention to IGN. But during our conversations with the multiplayer team, uh, I asked them, I went around the table, I said, well, what's, what's, your, what's each of your favorite map in this game, multiplayer map, and why? Like, what makes it cool to you? And kind of unexpectedly, I, <laughs> a couple of them said, uh, talked about maps that ha we haven't seen yet, and so I just wanted to mention uh, that I, mean, I don't have anything to show you because I haven't seen it myself, but there are at least two more big team battle maps, which won't be a surprise. We've only seen one in, term, in the form of fragmentation, but the names of them are Deadlock and High Power. And uh, the lead multiplayer designer, Andrew Witz, says, uh, hold on, let me find what, what he said specifically. Oh, let's see. Oh, Tom French, the multiplayer creative director, described Deadlock as very dramatic, saying it feels very classic Halo, and it has a very different mood than the rest of the maps. And then a little interesting nugget about the other one, High Power, is that it started out as a test gym, like just a, a test map for them to test mechanics. And they told us, they were like, test gyms never ship at all. But then they told a story about how they were all doing what we were doing at 343, which was being in the test lab and, and playing it. And they were all hooting and hollering and having such a good time that they turned, they kind of turned to each other after and were like, I guess this is a map now. And they turned it into <laughs> a, into, into a proper map that's going to ship with the game. So, um, so now right. we know of, I think eight total maps. We know of five arena maps and three big team battle maps. We'll have to see how many more there are in the game. Uh, Halo is, Correct me if I'm wrong. I think has traditionally been like ten to twelve multiplayer maps at launch, thereabouts. So uh, we'll see how many more we're going to get. But 
Um, Miranda, are, are we leaving anything out here of the sort of initial initial thoughts from our studio visit? Um, I think that's probably it. I think that's a good place to to leave it for now. For, for me, I'm so quiet during this segment because I want to know about campaign. I'm super yeah. sold on multiplayer already, and I just want to hear from from you both about you know the multiplayer experiences you got to to have. Um, but like I'm sold. I am ready for multiplayer. I can't believe it's going to be free for everybody. I think that's awesome, and I just can't wait to play more. I'm patience, so ready for launch. Patience, young Padawan. <laughs> we will get so there. Um, I have a question. Do you know you so, you so you said that there are maps that we haven't seen yet, which obviously we'll, we'll get at launch. Uh, because this is a free to play model, do you know if they mentioned anything about like with new seasons that they'll be releasing maps or like new weapons? Because that's something that Apex and um, you know Call of Duty do. They release new maps every so often to keep things fresh. So is that something that they discussed would happen in with their free to play model, or did they not talk about that? Miranda, I believe you'll have some information on Battle Pass Season 1 soon. On Friday. Yes, on Friday. we have in-depth information on all of that. Cool. Yes, stay tuned. Stay tuned. We are here to inform, but also here to tease a little bit because, you know, we got to get <laughs> you coming back to IGN. That's, <laughs> we have to keep the lights on. So, you know, we can't just give everything, give away the store all at once. That's what uh, we got a whole month of, of fun left to be had. Uh, all right, so that's it for that. Hope you enjoyed. Again, check out the video if you have not already on the Streets reveal. And there is Streets gameplay, just straight gameplay. Uh, one oddball round that's about five minutes long, and then an entire match of Strongholds as well. Uh, we'll be going up tomorrow, which is Wednesday, depending when you're hearing this. So look out for that again on YouTube.com slash IGN or just IGN.com. And a quick reminder, I mentioned this last week, but the Xbox anniversary celebration is happening on, of course, November 15th, the actual 20th anniversary. It's going to start at 10 a.m. Pacific or 1 p.m. Eastern. And Matt Booty, the head of Xbox Game Studios, just tempers everybody's expectations, saying, while we won't announce any new games, this anniversary broadcast will be a special look back at 20 years of Xbox. I'll be watching, we'll be watching, and it will be on all of IGN's channels. So come on over and join us. We will all watch that together. Looking forward to seeing what they put together for the 20th anniversary of Xbox. Podcast Unlocked is brought to you this week by Good Chop. I have been sampling Good Chop for the past week or so. And I'll tell you, my family and I are really impressed. Just last night, we had the ribeye steak. It was like I was at a prime rib steakhouse. It was awesome. Truly excellent stuff. Did not have to leave the house. We just keep everything in the freezer until the day before we're ready to eat it. We've been taking it out. We've got the, the aforementioned ribeye steak. There's some chicken breasts that we've had that have been excellent. Uh, ground beef that we've made tacos with. That's been fun. There's also thick cut bacon in there, which I have not busted open yet, but I am looking forward to doing so. Basically, you are getting high quality meats delivered to your door. Good Chop offers fully customizable boxes of high quality meat and seafood delivered on your schedule. The products are vacuum sealed and frozen at peak freshness so you can stock your freezer and cook them when you want, which is exactly what we've been doing over the past week. Choose from over 70 high quality cuts from 100% grass-fed ribeyes, USDA prime filet mignon, free range and organic chicken breasts, pork tenderloin, oh yeah, we had that too, and thick cut bacon, just to name a few. They also offer sustainable and wild caught seafood, uh, salmon, which we've, ha we've had and that's been good, Pacific cod, scallop shrimp, and more. So like I said, been trying a bunch of these. They have been really good. Saves the trip to the grocery store. Don't have to worry about going there, getting the meat and getting something good. You've got good stuff coming right to your door. So Good Chop, remember, sources its meat and seafood exclusively from American farms and fisheries so you can support local family farms and independent ranchers right here in the US. And it's affordable. Good Chop's price per meal starts at just $3.74. Good Chop also prides itself on sourcing meat that comes with no antibiotics or added hormones ever. No artificial ingredients, only the good stuff. They offer a 100% money back guarantee if you are not satisfied. I encourage you to try it. I really do. Go to goodchop.com unlocked120 and use the code unlocked120 to get $120 off across your first four boxes. That's code 
unlocked120 at goodshop.com slash unlocked120 for $120 off. Goodshop.com slash unlocked120 code unlocked120. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. All right. Let's get on with the news proper here. We're already 20 minutes in. I want to start with this. Id Software, makers of Doom, Doom Eternal. Uh, they just came off of two DLCs, The Ancient Gods Part 1 and Part 2. I am a massive fan of Doom always, but particularly Doom Eternal was, uh, was just awesome. I happily gave that a 9 out of 10. Just a great game. Now, what are they up to next? That's the question, because The Ancient Gods kind of wraps up Doom Guy's story. So are they going to stick with Doom or not? Well, these job listings suggest probably not, but it looks like they're going to stay within the id universe and maybe dip into one of the other id IPs. Check this out. Id Software currently has a number of job vacancies open at its Dallas offices, where the studio is hoping to hire new staff members to work on the development of a, quote, long-running, iconic action first-person shooter. Listed under the job description for Skybox Artist, the studio says that it is looking for someone to join its existing team to provide, quote, AAA quality sci-fi and fantasy environmental vistas and skyboxes. Now, uh, while it obviously has not confirmed exactly what they're talking about, sci-fi and fantasy kind of leads my brain straight to Quake, uh, which would make me extraordinarily happy if they're if it is going to pull uh, if they're going to do to Quake what they did to Doom, which is a single, you know, reboot it in a single player focused fashion uh, and per- per- perhaps even leaning into some of the original ideas from Doom, which, excuse me, with Quake, which there was there were going to be dragons in that in the beginning, like a, a big hammer weapon. There were going to be some cool like medieval goth fantasy things uh, that that will be really interesting. Uh, Miranda, I want to go to you first here. Were you a Quake player in your youth? Either, I guess, let's see, two or three probably for you, or? I was not. Quake was a little bit out of my reach, I think, at the time. And not really what my dad played either. He was more of a Call of Duty, Battlefield, that kind of shooter person. So that's just what I had at the house. Uh, Stella, you're our resident competitive shooter. Quake has (laughs) been a very competitive game in over the years. I mean, really, I'd say Quake 3 kind of was built exactly around that. It would have. If Quake 3 had been made today, it would have been like a total, totally an eSport. We did get Quake uh, Champions, which is a sort of built off of Quake 3. Have you spent much time with any of the versions of Quake over the years? I have not. I wanted to get into Quake Champions, but uh, none of my friends wanted to get into it because they said it was not that great uh, at launch. They were not happy with it. Um, so, yeah, I, I have not played uh, when when Quake was at its peak. I was a little too young to play it. Um my dad was also into like battlefield and stuff. So 
Um, yeah, I wasn't able to play this, which if they are making a reboot of this like they did with Doom, I would absolutely love that. I mean, I loved Doom. I haven't played Doom Eternal, but I did play the um, first reboot, uh, which I don't remember when it came out, but I loved it yeah, so much. I was like, yeah, I was like, oh, this is what oh, this is what it's about. OK, cool. Like, I know I didn't experience it the way that, um, you know, a lot of people first experienced it, but seeing it brought to light in a modernized fps format i was like "Ooh, i like it i see okay like they're still being innovative while also making it more modernized and keeping elements of the classic doom uh franchise alive so i really like that so i would love to see that in quake because i i want to experience this game too and i want to see how it would play now so very curious to see if that's what it is and if it we're, is i'm excited <laughs> we're watching the if you're on you're not audio right now we have b-roll up our super producer red as B-roll up of the Quake 1 remaster, the re-release yeah. that they did not too long ago. This is this really makes me want to stop doing the podcast and play this <laughs> game right now. I mean, you got the nail gun, you got the the rocket launcher, uh, which is probably the most phallic rocket launcher in the history of video games. Um, Can we say that? <laughs> we can say whatever we want. It's fine. Okay. All right. Cool. Uh, Great. Noted. Yeah, I... The reason I think you're right on Quake Ryan is exactly because of this remaster. I think they do this thing where they'll they'll like remaster a game, they'll put it out there and see what consensus is or see what the reaction is to games like this. And the reaction to this one was overwhelmingly positive. Everybody really liked this. It was cool that they released that on release level finally. So if they are working on Quake again, I would love to see where they take the franchise next. They tried Quake Champions. You know, at a time when everybody is sort of doing the free-to-play thing, yeah. it didn't click the way that they had hoped. So bring it back to that single-player experience. Let us just have excellent gunplay, which they've proven they can do with the Doom franchise, and let's see what you can do with Quake. I, I would love that, honestly. In the way that Halo Infinite is sort of a reboot, I think this is a great opportunity for them to say, okay, we're taking another shot at Quake. Here, here's what we're doing where we retain the lore of the franchise but we we take it and modernize it where anybody can get into it without having to know everything about yeah. the game. And uh, as you can see here, Quake 1 was already really fast. So yeah, that was Doom's whole thing, right? It just it just cranked the speed way up. I mean, the original Doom was pretty quick, too. But yeah, it's so it's it's it is does lend itself well to uh, to, you know, a reboot kind of treatment. And, you know, you make a good point, Destin, about remasters being like the canaries in the coal mine for the yeah. for the proper revival <laughs> like we could look at um i just had, oh like saints row right it's a good example we got the saints row 3 remaster which probably was not a coincidence that then led into we did get a proper saints row reboot and and you're right there are there are a number of examples like that in the industry where we've seen remat uh where we've seen remasters come in i'm just trying to think i thought i just had one and i forgot it but Yes, you're definitely correct on that. There is no doubt. So um, the, the question is, whatever it's doing would be the timing of it. Like that's I like to try and guess, OK, well, when might we see this? Doom Eternal came out March 2020, right at the beginning of the pandemic, um, which at least we had a great Doom game <laughs> to play while we were locked in our houses. Uh, then we had the story DLCs, but you know, the, the, typically the entire team doesn't work on the, the DLC. So the rest of the team was, was no doubt moving on to whatever the next thing is, whether it is quake or something else, but March, 2020. So it's been a year, a little over a year and a half since they shipped doom eternal. We know their engine, uh, the id tech continues to evolve. We know Phil Spencer loves it. It's they've already released a, a next gen update for doom eternal so they've got the engine running like a boss on the new hardware so I, presumably they wouldn't have to like build a whole new engine they've they've got their their tech so i'm thinking maybe like a late 2023 maybe something like that uh like a fall fall 2023 and remember too destin whatever this is if it's quake it's it's exclusive to xbox from here on out so if it's a mm -hmm. if it's a big revival of quake it's going to be a major feather in the cap for Xbox. Yeah, for sure. I, I think one of the challenges they'll have is to 
how to clearly differentiate this from doom because doom also deals with like demons and and larger like we saw larger than life like devil basically in in one of the shots here a second ago um so whatever they do with it they have to figure out how to be like this is its own thing it's separate and i think that's an interesting challenge like in a good way i think they can do it i think it's possible and it has me really excited to see what id manages to do because if they have these two amazing well three amazing shooters if you include wolfenstein right sure then they're they're just like they're just doing amazing work in the fps space it's great no love for rage i see you said three no no (laughs) yeah rage rage yeah rage was the one didn't do it for me Not that it was a bad game but it just wasn't does it doesn't belong in the same breath as as id's other stuff Mm. um oh yeah we'll see what we'll see what id's got i mean they probably if i had to guess i could see that being a a big announcement at e3 Mm -hmm. on on the xbox bethesda stage next year next uh e3 that would that would seem like you know announce it like a year year and a half out we'll see and they, they have to have a battle royale right everything has to have a battle royale no it does not absolutely not <laughs> halo needs it too right that's what everybody says no i'm being sarcastic we know destin we know <laughs> um yeah no it, it, in all seriousness to wrap it up destin you bring up a good point though with differentiating from oh, no. doom because okay like everybody loves the the glory kills in doom right that's yeah. like a signature element do you move that over and have you bring that into quake if indeed the project is quake do you find a new way to do that do you just not have them at all and figure out some other cool little combat hook like you're right it's it's a very interesting challenge for for id and and to see you know how they want to stay true to quake but also separate it enough from doom yeah well I think you brought up the uh, the job listings, though, right? Like they're looking for fantasy and like dragons and stuff. So I feel like that is already setting like a differentiating factor. So hope, I, I think they are taking that into consideration if this is Quake. So I think they are looking into making it aesthetically different because they are very close. And as someone who's never played Quake, I'm just like, is it kind of the same thing? Like it looks very hellscape-ish. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think the job listing with the specifics of fantasy uh sci-fi and dragons that's that's like a big step in the other direction which is great so well i i think because of that part in the job listing ryan it might actually be wolfenstein because wolfenstein deals Mm. more with the myth mythical aspect because you know they leaned into that lore lore with the the nazis believing all that stuff and (laughs) summoning demons and dragons and whatever in in the in the wolfenstein series Mm. You could be right. I'm leaning Quake, though, because and the, the reason would be because machine games already revived Wolfenstein. I, it would yeah. it would seem weird to me for, you know, they're moving on point. to Indiana Jones. I mean, I don't know if they're going to have two projects at once, but as far as we know, they're just moving on to Indiana Jones. So, yeah, I, it would seem odd if if like it then picks up the, the baton on yeah. Wolfenstein. I mean, yes, they created it. Yes, they own it. But that's kind of machine games' game now, you know? Yeah, that's that's fair. I guess it's just sort of like uh, we haven't seen anything since Youngblood. So what's going on? It wasn't that, that long ago, also? though, right? I mean, it's a few so. years now. Like, it's, it's about time for a new Wolfenstein, right? Well, I, don't know I guess like, no one's like frothing at the mouth for it, I, I feel. I feel like mm-hmm. it's got like its audience, but Quake definitely is more of a universal title that people are like, oh, yeah, I know that. Like, it's one of those FPS games where like everyone knows of it. And I'm sure if a modernized title came out, people would be very interested in it. Like me. Like I've never played it. But yeah. 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 I I want it to be quick, to be clear. That's <laughs> I'm with Stella. <laughs> I do be quick. too. I do too. I'm just saying, like reading the job description, I'm like, well, maybe this is Wolfenstein and we're we're like on the wrong wrong uh scent, so to speak, you know? Yeah. I just feel I, like I, there's not been a demand mm-hmm. for Wolfenstein though. Like it's not it's a it's yeah. such a specific like story that not everyone is always looking for as opposed to quake where it's just run and gun. all the wolfenstein fans are coming for you still and that's fine i listen (laughs) i'm not saying it's a bad game i'm just saying it's not like you ask someone what their favorite fps game is you don't hear wolfenstein right Mm -hmm. well i mean it there there have been two great wolfenstein revivals from from machine games i think it's more just that 
we've had our fill of that, right? Like, <laughs> and now we've had our fill of Doom, and uh, we'll bring on bring on Quake. That's the next that's the next meal that that's uh, that's left to be ordered on the menu. So let's do it. Uh, this next story is very interesting. I don't even quite know what to make of this. So I want to hear. From, I'm going to turn this over to you guys. Sega and Microsoft have announced that they have agreed to a strategic alliance that will see Sega produce games built on Microsoft's Azure cloud platform. They sent out this big press release. Sega explained that the agreement is part of the company's Super Game Initiative, which aims to create new and innovative games with a focus on global online communities. Quote, this proposed alliance represents Sega looking ahead and by working with Microsoft to anticipate such trends as they accelerate further in the future, the goal is to optimize development processes and continue to bring high-quality experiences to players using Azure cloud technologies. Uh, Miranda, let me go your way first here. What does this mean? Uh, can you translate this for me? Uh, multiplayer Chow Gardens. <laughs> That's what it's going to be. I call Chows, right? I think so. That's what I thought they were from Sonic. Yeah. I'm sure someone out there is like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, guys, please, I'm sorry. The only exposure I have to this is an ex-boyfriend who was like very obsessed with this chows. And I was like, what is happening? <laughs> They're cute, though. That was my exposure to the chows. And I was like, this is this is something I get into with Sonic. Um, but obviously, they are just trying to scale larger. I think Sega has had some good wins. Um, and I think there's always a craving for more Sonic, too. But I kind of want to go to Dustin because Dustin, Dustin was like, hey, and I was like, what, what, what do you have? Yeah so, <laughs> yeah, so I, I read the original press release and I have it up here right now. And it's the first paragraph that really has me excited. They yeah. said they have agreed in principle a strategic alliance that explores ways for Sega to produce large scale global games in a next generation development environment built on Microsoft's Azure Cloud platform. The paragraph you quoted, Ryan, is from later in, in the press release. So it is a direct quote still. Um, the alliance would form a key part of Sega's mid to long term strategy, allowing the business to move forward with Super Game, a new initiative for developing new and innovative titles where the key focuses are global, online, community, and IP utilization. IP utilization, I assume they mean their existing intellectual properties I would think so. and not internet protocol. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so I jumped right, right away to something like Fantasy Star. Fantasy Star Online is a, is a quite big MMO franchise for them that uh, I like Eric Sapp plays it a ton oh, yeah. on staff. <clears throat> it's only on the Xbox platform right now in America or New Genesis is anyway. And that has me really, really intrigued as to what this could be. Is this a new thing that's going to utilize all of their their beloved characters in the Sega franchise? Like, like, what is it that they could possibly be creating? And I'm I'm really curious as to what it can be. but it's it's not one game it's multiple games and it's a, a super game refers to the initiative of making many titles with with microsoft they've already established this great relationship sorry <laughs> with uh, the yakuza franchise like the entirety of the franchise is on game pass that's great tons of sega stuff on game pass these days so clearly something is working and it was rumored that microsoft was going to acquire sega Turns out it was a partnership at the end of the day. So I have to imagine these will also be Xbox exclusive. Uh, this seems this seems like a stronger bond than just like, hey, we're going to let you use Azure uh, for cheap or something. This is this is probably a future partnership. And Dustin, to your point, I was going to say, Yakuza is, I think, the other very big and, and like honestly hot franchise right now. It's super fun. Yeah. It's odd in the best ways possible. Like It just has fun with itself in just so many ways. And I think that and adding some sort of online component could be interesting. Uh, so I think there's a lot of potential there as to where they could go with these games. And like, oh, like yeah. you said, Dust, we can't count discount Fantasy Star because that also has a huge audience as well. Yeah, there, there's a great thread about the Yakuza series and how their storytelling is just so phenomenally done. Mm -hmm. Basically, they help you get invested. Like you meet a homeless person. And then you learn about that homeless person's story and then you get motivated to help him and play the mini games because you're being motivated by the story that's being told by the game. And I'm, do I'm not doing the thread justice, but Yakuza is just like a really fantastic franchise that does a good job of sort of leading you through the narrative. Through, like when you look at it as a, as a spectator, you just see a bunch of wacky mini games, but there's a lot of heart 
in that franchise in the storytelling. I, I highly encourage anybody to play through. I started playing through Yakuza Zero when it hit Game Pass. Actually, that's the, that's the remake of the original. So I would also say too, uh, Max Govel put together a great piece on like which games to start with first. He's Yakuza super fan at IGN, yeah, and he just does such a great job of saying, "Hey, maybe play these ones first because I think there's like a prequel that came out after certain games that got sequels." Mm-hmm. So. Uh, there is definitely an order there. I know we're just getting a little bit of a tangent, but anytime I see Yakuza, I get a little excited. I haven't actually, it's weird to say, I haven't actually played them, but I've always and, wanted to play them. They're that game that you see every time and you're like, oh my yeah. gosh, I can't wait to play that. And then and then you play Genshin Impact instead and you're like, oh, damn it. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, Lost Judgment also either just came out or it's it coming out. Yeah, came yeah. Came out so, um, a few, two months ago, a month ago. I don't remember Yeah, and, and graphically that looks stunning. Another just, game with fantastic storytelling so hopefully people check that out and whatever sega and microsoft are planning this has me excited but i do think it's some it's going to be something more like fantasy star they need like that big mmo answer to final fantasy 14 on playstation and i think this collaboration is going to result in whatever that may be i I will say oh sorry ryan go ahead oh i was just gonna say that that was kind of my big question and dan the destin you seem to have uh you've got a thought here and so it does this mean exclusive games for Xbox? And you seem to think that it probably is. Yes, that is what it means. I don't think you, as Sega, release a press release uh, pledging your allegiance to this partnership and come out on all platforms in, at the end of the day. But I, I do think the whole platform thing is getting less and less as Sony titles are starting to come to PC, like PlayStation PC was just announced this week. So uh, it will be the Xbox platform, which really means everything except for the PlayStation console. Right. So. Well, here's some PSO2 right here. Yeah. Yeah. And and they're talking next gen, the, sorry, Miranda, they're they're talking next gen, the install base on the PS5 right now is 20 million units, or at least that's their goal for the end of the year, which I believe they'll hit. Handily, they're breaking all sorts of records with console sales, but I think I think Xbox is continuing to answer that criticism of you don't have any exclusives, and they're going to continue to do that until that goes away. Yeah, absolutely, and good partnerships will help them get there. Uh, all as I was going to say is, if you look up your first name and the hedgehog, you'll find your hedgehog Sona. Oh <laughs> and like, oh listen, no. listen, oh people no. love Sonic the Hedgehog. I was like, if you give them multiplayer, let them create their characters, okay? They've been asking for this forever. That's all I'm wasn't, saying. Wasn't there a game where you could create your own character? I'm, I'm sure there has. I am not a Sonic expert. I apologize. But I think, <laughs> okay, given that there is enough out there, I think people would love it. What about a Sonic MMO? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Why not? It could work. It could be done. Just fast together. Oh my yeah. god. The movies, it's really topical. There's some movies coming out. And Jim Carrey, come on. Oh yeah, that's true. I Yeah. So I'm curious about this. Like, So they said Microsoft Azure cloud platform. Is it going to be cloud gaming? Or is that just Pro- well that they're bringing in? Azure I, I is being utilized by basically everybody right now. It's yeah. basically like the Amazon okay. servers, but for Microsoft. It's what Game Pass runs off of, I believe. Okay, cool. So, um, I don't know the answer to that question, but it does sort of seem to allude to the fact that it will be cloud-based. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure it will dovetail nicely with xCloud. I have no doubt about that part of it. All right, one more story I want to do here this week is Game Pass for November. This is like, if you're not already a Game Pass subscriber, this might sway you to at least, you know, take a take a shot this month because... I'm just going to run down this list and then I'll just open the floor. Anybody that wants to jump in and comment on any of these titles. You've got a Minecraft PC bundle, Minecraft into Game Pass. It's a big deal. Unpacking. It takes two on November 4th. We're recording on the 2nd, so that's uh, two days from now. Kill it with fire. Football manager, for those of you who are soccer uh, simulation, you want to be a GM in the world of football. A little game called Forza Horizon 5 on November 9th into Game Pass. We talked about this last week. Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, the definitive edition, so the specifically the remaster of San Andreas, not the entire trilogy, but one of those three games, the biggest of those three games. I, I, yeah, that's nuts. One Step from Eden, November 11th. Skyrim Special Edition update, meaning the uh, 10th anniversary next-gen re-release. That's right into Game Pass, November 11th. 
Microsoft Flight Simulator Game of the Year Edition. So some more content there. Undungeon and Evil Genius 2 World Domination at the end of the month, November 30th. So um, yeah, what's <laughs> there's a lot here, you guys. I, I didn't know Skyrim was part of the Game Pass bundle. I thought that I'd have to buy that again, but that's great to know because I was sort of like interested. But now that I know that I can just hop in, probably maybe even use my saves because I played on Xbox. I hope it wasn't on a dev kit. That would stink. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, out of all these, you know, based on the preview coverage, I think Forza Horizon 5 is looking amazing and I can't wait to play it on November 9th. Yeah, all of these games coming to Xbox uh, Game Passes, I feel like it's just a huge get. Like every time new games release for Xbox Game Pass, you're just like, why are not why doesn't everyone have this like it is such a great service you're definitely getting more than what you're paying for which is kind of crazy um also it takes two really really good game um i i the story was a little weak at times but i played through it with my friend and i feel like it was just the developers like really showing what they can do it was like this it was like a full game demo of like, hey, look at what we can do as a platform. Look at what we can do as like this game developer, not only focusing on platforming um, and the co-op in it was just so incredible. So the fact that you can play this, um, which, by the way, even the base version, if only one person has it and the other person gets um, downloads friend pass on origin, you can play it with each other. Like only one person needs it. So already super accessible. And the fact that it's now free on Game Pass, like you, you can't not play this. Unless you don't have a second player, because it takes two. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I'm just assuming everyone, you know, has someone to play with, like a LFG, friend, a family member. Two. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you, use, use the comments as an official uh, looking for a looking for game partnership here. Anyways, but yeah, it's it's so good. It is very charming. It's a little cheesy at times, but it's really, really good. Um, the levels are just incredible, like this music level that we're seeing um, in from our review. It's just really well done. It's very fun to play, and it's a game that I wish I could experience again um, blindly. So I, it's cool. I'm, I'm with you, Stella. I'm. Uh, I started playing this with Jonathan Dornbush, and we got <gasps> really? right when it came out, and we got <laughs> we got several hours in. We haven't finished it though, and this you're reminding me that he and I need to go back and and complete this game because um, yeah, I love it as well. And you you brought up a good point, the friend pass thing. So with Game Pass, I wonder if you can play it with, with a friend who isn't a Game Pass subscriber or if it's just you need, you know, you, you're both friends, both people need to be Game Pass subs. I mean, it, I wouldn't yeah. begrudge Microsoft or EA if, if you know, you had to both be mm -hmm. Game Pass subscribers. Um, but yeah, it, you should already be a Game Pass subscriber, so <laughs> should not be an obstacle. Yeah, this game, it's really different. Um, it's. I will say, even though I haven't finished it, for me, it's not my favorite of Haze Light's games. Um, I thought A Way Out, uh, I, I liked uh, that one better, but this game is really, it's definitely special. It is a special video game. So, download it. It's on Game Pass. You don't have yeah. any excuse. Yes. One other Game Pass game I want to give a shout out to quickly is Unpacking. That just got an 8 on IGN. Uh, so it is a Zen puzzle game about unpacking things. So if you like organizing video game things, but not your real things, unpacking might be for you. That purple box thing, by the way, is trending today. That's a GameCube and it goes on your shelf in your living room near your TV. <laughs> it's a video game <laughs> console that came out many years ago. Oh the the GameCube, everybody, a lot of people don't know what it is. Oh, so, no. Because, no like, way. The demographic has You're gotten joking. younger as, you know, like I've gotten older. But yeah. The purple cube thing. It's a GameCube. No, oh, please tell me that's goodness. not what they're saying. Yeah, check it out. It's on Twitter. It's trending today. You know what? Oh. You know what? It's I, fine. Accept your age. It's fine. I, I didn't want to wake up and be hurt Mitchell today, so tweeting. I'll be avoiding Twitter today. Thank you very much. Mitchell was <laughs> tweeting about it. All right. So uh, Game Pass is crushing it this month. That's the That's yes. the bottom line. All right. We've just got a few minutes left here. So actually... I'm going to hold the loot box for one more show. I know I keep doing this, but I'm going to go to Unlock Block Trivia because, remember, <laughs> we're in like a dead heat here. Let me see. Trivia scoreboard. Um, uh, almost. Miranda is up one point on Destin. Um, so, Stella, you're, you're building your 
this is like your spring training and then when when january of 2022 hits you'll be out there i feel like in december we should do like a double points or something to give me a chance to like catch up oh i'm no i'm not around december (laughs) i have to work on halo oh no terrible ryan (laughs) hey hey i've been working really hard this year okay Boy, the sincerity in Stella's voice when she said that was uh, just so I just, touching. I, I just want to beat my boss. I just want to beat Destin, honestly. In every game, I just want to beat Destin, including trivia. So, like, please. What's what's the scoreboard at? Uh, nine to eight. Nine to eight. Not Miranda nine, Destin eight. A bunch of other people on the board with one or two. Stella's two at the moment. Hey, I'll you take all the up. other guest points. I'll take the guest points. Sorry, I tried to take Alana's points one year, and people were not having it. <laughs> wow. Okay. I feel like the double points in December would be nice. Or like, I don't know, something. All right, here we go. Derek writes in no. with a, a real, I think this is a really good one. What is the highest rated Xbox game on Metacritic with oh Connect in the title? What? With connect in the title. Is it connectimals? Connect party? Connect sports? Or connect Star Wars? <laughs> Excellent Sorry. question from Derek here. And I think, I don't think I would have gotten this one right. I think he would have stumped me on this. I know so, one, it's definitely not. Well, <laughs> then, uh, well, let me come back to you, Destin. Yeah. Let me go to Stella first. On no. This. I feel like the Star Wars one, like, it was a da- wasn't it a dance game? It was. It had, I think, a bunch of mini games, didn't it? Like, am I remembering I that remember, right? I just remember that one video going viral where like everyone's just dancing together, like it's a just dance game. <laughs> and up. I think it was from that. <laughs> uh, all right. So, which one are you going with? Uh, um. I. <laughs> I'll go with my first guess, Star Wars, just for the meme factor. Okay. And yeah, so it was uh, Terminal Reality developed it with LucasArts, four game modes, Jedi Destiny, Pod Racing, Rancor Rampage, and Galactic Dance-Off. Yes, that's what I- <laughs> So, yeah. Uh, Miranda, how about you? What do you think here? Connect Party. Connect Party. All right. Destin? You think I you- did the walkthrough for Connect Star Wars, and that game can burn. <laughs> I hated it so much. I hated it. I hate it. I hate it. Okay, so uh, I think the actual answer is either Connect Sports or yeah. Connectimals. Connectimals was kid focused, and I believe it was uh, reviewed mostly well and 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 like it worked for what it was. But Connect Sports was an early title. I remember Ryan, you and I played it at the preview event. I, I think it was back in the day. I'm yeah. going to say Connect Sports ended up rating higher than Connectimals. Uh, as I recall it, Connect Sports, the best mini game was the bowling one. Uh, that was yeah. the one I seem to remember liking the most. But we, so the good news is we do have a correct answer, mm. and it's Miranda widening her lead. I knew it. Oh, no. Was the correct I, answer. Uh, I love never, job, Miranda. And you know why, Miranda? Your faith, it's your faith in Double Fine, because you remember Double Fine made Connect Party. <laughs> Which was the sequel to um, the uh, uh, Double Fine Happy Action Theater? Double Just Fine will note. never let me down. Oh. Yeah, Double Fine will not let you down. So, Destin, now you did remember, Destin, the the that Connect Star Wars was the worst one of these. You were oh, yeah. correct in bad. that. I listed. Yeah. I pointed it out for the meme factor because <laughs> it is amazing to watch that ridiculous dance mode. <laughs> Connect Star Wars had a 55 on Metacritic. <laughs> Connect Sports, 73. Connectimals, okay. 78. Uh, and it was 81. Double Fine's Connect Party scored wow. an 81 on very well liked on Metacritic. So The only one I didn't know. Like, I've never seen that one game even. Excellent job by... <laughs> Miranda on this, and I like I love the discussion from everybody on this one. So thank you, Derek, for <laughs> sending in an excellent unlock block trivia question. If anybody else out there wants to try and stump the panel, please do so. Email your trivia question to unlocked at IGN.com. Include your name, four multiple choice answers, and of course the question and the answer, the correct answer. And I may feature you on an upcoming episode. And with that, 
We've got to get out of here. Uh, I'm Ryan McCaffrey. You can find me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Along with Miranda, I'm working on all of the Halo Infinite IGN first stuff that I'm so glad to not have to keep a secret anymore. It's nice to be able to talk about it at least a little bit. So check all that throughout the month. Just check back IGN every day because we're going to have stuff dropping on a regular basis. Miranda, I'll go to you next. Yeah, you can find me at Have It Grows and Have the K on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and pretty much everywhere else. Uh, of course, the big thing for me this month as well is the Halo Infinite IGN first. So thanks, Ryan, for having me on for that. I'm very excited about all the things we're working on. Uh, I'm ready to get it out there. I want to talk about it more. I'm so excited, guys. <laughs> um, so we have that. And then also, of course, we're going to have guides for this week because we have Call of Duty. We're going to have the GTA trilogy. We're going to have... Uh, what else is it? Animal Crossing? How could I forget Animal Crossing? So There's much. a ton of stuff. So, so please use IGN guides. Thanks. Yes. Stella? <laughs> uh, you can find me everywhere at Parallax Stella. I stream on Twitch almost every day after work. Um, oh, I just beat Back for Blood on veteran mode. So nice. now I'm going to go into nightmare mode. Very excited. Uh, so then later this week um, or next week, I think we are going to be releasing um, the Call of Duty tips and tricks and stuff. So keep an eye out for that. So yeah, that's all for me. Sweet. Destin, take us home. Yeah. Uh, I got my stuff working on that I can't talk about yet. It's that time of year. So, yeah, yeah, it's that time of year. But keep an eye out later this week and I'll see you for the next episode. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Well, with that, I want to thank Super Producer Red and the rest of the panel. This was Unlocked 518. We will see you back here next week. Hey, it's Mae Whitman, and I play Frankie in the new Realm podcast, The Sisters. The Sisters is about a museum curator of medical oddities who investigates the origins of a mutated skeleton with two layers of bones. Seven ribs are completely fused, and you have no idea where this came from? No, she was sent here anonymously. Uh -uh, not she. They, maybe? Wait. I've never seen anything like this. Soon, she uncovers an extraordinary mystery that connects her present with one family's tragic past in hauntingly dangerous ways. My grandfather was a journalist back in the 60s and 70s. He specialized in strange stories. Who are they? How are they connected to the skeleton? Play the tape. You'll see. Listen to The Sisters wherever you get your podcasts. We dream about it. We both dream about it. How often? Every night.